Hi, I'm Tim Harrison. I'm the Managing Director of Ionic Rare Earths. We're developing the Makutu Rare Earth Project in Uganda and uh, magnet recycling with Ionic Technologies in Belfast here in the UK. Tim, good to have you over here. Hi, Matt. At the conference, how's it over there? Very, very busy, as usual. So, full dance card. Um, yeah, we, we've, we've got pretty much every meeting in and around before the sessions, all the way through the sessions yeah. into the evening. It's a kind of interesting time at the moment, isn't it? People are a little bit excited about what you've got coming up. We're going to go over to Belfast. You, see, you invite us to Belfast, and we're taking you up on that. Yep. In sort of the new year, so yep. we'll see what's happening on the recycling there. But let's kind of start. Let's get Macusi first, if you don't mind. Um, where are we? Are things moving? There's not a lot of companies doing a lot at the moment. Are you? I think uh, having a look at the announcements we're putting out, yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, we were in Uganda four weeks ago meeting with government, so trying to push ahead with a mining license application right. um, demonstration plant, making progress there in Uganda, planning on producing mixed rare earth carbonate the first quarter of next year, mm-hmm. you know, drilling, continuing to release results, uh, land access agreements, so mm-hmm. 44 square kilometre um, mining license application area, we've had to progress the the, uh, the uh, land access agreements, so we've, we've bowled over about 94%. Uh, Okay. Of, of that 44 square kilometre area okay. in uh, a little over two months, which has been a huge effort from the team on site. Yeah, sure. um, so, yeah, no, really, and, and, and feasibility um, pushing on, feasibility study update um, on, on Makutu to support an FID. Okay, tell me, tell me about the licence though, okay, so that, that's the important thing, the long pole and the tent, as it were. Yep. You don't go from zero to 100%, so how far are you along that process? of getting there? Uh, so we had, four weeks ago, we had some good meetings in Uganda. Yep. Um, sat down hoping to get the mining license with the Ugandan Mineral Wealth Conference. Um, at that meeting before the conference, we were told that they would like us to get 100% of the, the land access agreements, which is a, okay. a little bit more than what they previously told us. Yep. Um, so we're just getting that done now, right? Um, okay. Just got to work through the process. It's the first major mining license that will be awarded in Uganda under the new act and regulations. So the DGSM is just working through uh, a very methodical process there. I think it's reasonable. Yeah. You don't want to get the horse before the cart. I've, we know it's yeah. coming. Yeah. It's just, you know, okay. testing patience. Testing patience. And the market, how's the market out there at the moment? So Rare Earth has been through, you know, fairly sort of turbulent pricing environment. Yeah, recently, look, it? it's an interesting one. Um, doing the, the conference here, getting ready for that and putting the materials together, we actually had a look at our our share price, and, and it marries up quite neatly with the, the near-dimium price. Yeah. So, you know, we, we've, we've put out a lot of news lately, um, been sold into. It's hard to get momentum into the story, um, but we just keep pushing on, ticking the boxes, de-risk the project, de-risk the company, and when the rare earth prices recover, I think we're going to be beneficiaries. Right. So let's talk about, again, people new to, the, new to uh, rare earths. Um, let's make sure they understand this. In terms of supply demand, fundamentals they haven't that hasn't changed has it no right i mean look at all the policy look at the amount of evs like it's nuts where's the material coming from i don't see any new mines coming to production in the western world so you know you've got demand that continues to exceed supply but prices remain stagnant yeah well, and I think it's also fair. I think um ev sales across the border up 39 percent this year okay so all that doom and gloom about General Motors like slowing down and so forth isn't necessarily bearing out in the numbers. It's not going to be as a crazy um, build out as, as before, but it's still growing. So that's what you're hoping on. Is it, is it dependent entirely on that? That's it. And and, and renewable energy rollout, right? Um, whilst there's been a lot of talk about these wind farms and offshore wind farms slowing down, mm. 
there are a lot of uh, existing wind farms that are having the, the current turbines taken down mm-hmm. in a process called repowering and being replaced with much larger right. wind turbines. Right. So, you know, the, 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 the drive towards more renewable energy, it's, it's happening, um, I think, in, in parts of the world. I think for Australian investors who are not travelling to, to, to Europe and, um, you know, this part of the world probably don't appreciate the amount of rollout of, of, of renewable energy that's it's everywhere across Europe. I mean, yeah. wind, wind turbines everywhere. You know, very much on the agenda. Yeah. You, you fly over the Irish Sea into Belfast. You yeah. can see all the wind turbines being stacked up, ready to go. That's on the west coast, and that's also happening off the west east coast. I assure you. Yeah. Well, that's where you know some of the the the, the infrastructure is going to be rolled out from Belfast for Dogger Bank. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Well, no. Well, I hope to see some of some of that when we oh, when you we get over worry. there. Um, get back to the home, the home country. Now, okay. So on the, the, the macro, obviously, you're positive about about the macro that. But, you know, people want to know that things are moving forward. So in terms of cash available to you to keep moving these variables along, are we good? I know you topped up recently. Yeah, we just put um, about $6 million in the bank. We've yeah. got an SPP out at the moment. So giving share, uh, shareholders an opportunity to participate at yeah. that price, um, which I think represents pretty good value. Um, and that will now enable us to keep moving, keep making progress on the supply chain. Right. You know, the projects, um, the demonstration plant at Makutu, yeah. demonstration plant in Belfast, and being ready to take advantage of the relationships we're building. Right, okay. And obviously, I just want to stick with me. We'll go to Belfast in a second. But um, with regards to the demonstration plant, you're, you'll be producing in, in Q1, 24, right? Uh, yes. Right. So to, to what end? Who are you giving that to? What are they doing with it? And what happens as a result? Yeah, so we'll be making mixed rare earth carbonate, which will be going to you know a number of interested parties who are wanting to get product to do their own test work and validation. Plus, it also helps us optimise some parts of the flow sheet. Yeah. Um, so we work through that first phase of the demonstration plant, de-risk the the, the tech, yeah. de-risk the flow sheet. Um, it'll help us also provide detail on the the updated feasibility study. So. Yeah. You know, getting the data to support going to a six-metre stack height rather than the three metres that we yeah. used in the previous, previous feasibility right. study. And the second phase of the demo plant is when we start to produce significant volumes. Um, we have a number of groups that are looking for big parcels mm-hmm. of, of product to put through their, their various sort of uh, supply chains. Um, and, and, you know, we need to make some of that material next year. We'll, can we move on without that? Yes. You know, we're ha- we've had discussions... Um, about the importance of Makutu in a Western supply chain for right. heavy rare earths. Yeah. And, you know, depending on the ability of these these facilities to be able to move forward and, and, and start construction, they're going to be dependent on access to heavies, which puts us in a very unique position given we're the most advanced ironic absorption clay project yeah. that's, that's that doesn't have its product committed to China. Right, okay, so we're, let's talk about the ex-China, because I'm interested in like, who it's going to. You talk about the West there, obviously, yeah. but we're not we're not excluding Japan, Korea uh, oh, no. from that mix. Oh, no, okay? they're very keen. They're very keen. So that, that part of Asia, all good, but ex-China. Um, you can make some decisions at some point, though, as to, I guess, who wants it more and what they're going to do for you. Europe, clearly a big market. You, you know, you're in the UK already with the recycling, which we'll come on to in a yep. second, but also the US is making... A lot of lot of noises too. So, what's the what's the point that you reach where you have to start making decisions? Is it just is it a money thing? Yeah, look, it's 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 part of our ability to move forward with Makudu. So, where's the product going to go? 
where does that product go? Where's the metal alloy magnet capacity that's in operation today? So, you know, we've done a lot of work to understand if we put product into certain markets, you know, what avenues does that open up for strategic investment? Mm. What avenues does that open up for for greater supply chain engagement? Um, so, and and given that we are looking at a modular development in Makutu, where the first allocation of product goes doesn't refl- uh, represent where the rest of the potential right. products may go. Okay. So we have a vested interest in seeing that supply chain being built out so that we have more optionality and more competitive tension yeah. on our heavy rare earth basket going forward. And I guess a, a line, line of sight as well, you don't necessarily want to do small deals. You want to maybe partner with someone who can give you line of sight to future, uh, I guess, cash cash calls, revenues, et cetera, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a, a bigger play here, yeah. right? You know, committing our product into a supply chain creates the avenue for the strategic investor yeah. to come all the way up the supply chain and put, put the foot on the molecules. Yeah. That's the strategy. That's that's the okay. play here. Um, and, you know, there are some strategics that are obviously invested. They want to get exposure mm-hmm. to the space. There's some strategics that purely are playing to get access to the molecules to get into advanced manufacturing. Is that, is that a big interest? Because we've seen that happening with lithium, right? That's yep. obvious. And even a little bit less a degree with nickel and so forth where either battery manufacturers and OEMs are kind of moving up upstream and trying to capture those molecules. Whereas, because it's a, a little bit more exotic, is that going to happen? Can you see that happening? Is there a big universe? Um, I think, you know, what we see with battery raw materials, um, the OEMs have been, you know, willing to play. Mm. Not sure the appetite's there from the OEMs to play in rare earth primary supply from mining. Right. But it's definitely there on recycling. Okay, okay. Well, let's just jump up to Belfast. Okay, yeah. um, w- w- where where are we at at the moment? We're getting ready to go to twenty four seven operation in January. Yeah. yeah, so I was over there last week, yeah. catching up with the team. So uh, yeah, we've got a couple of new custom filters that have been delivered. They're being installed, new control system. Um, so yeah, adding some more team members to go to twenty four seven in the new year. And then we start pumping out product. Yeah. Um, Again, to what end? Because scale's the name of the game here. Yeah, so this is about putting material in the hands of supply chain partners, right? So we've already announced that that that, that collaboration agreement that we've got there with uh, with less common metals and Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, there's going to be a, a certain amount of that product that goes into into uh, into that relationship. We've got another a few other things that that, that we're, we're sort of working on with with the supply chain partners as well mm-hmm. about being able to potentially replicate something similar right. with other groups but you know this is about integration with the supply chain integration with metal alloy magnet manufacturing so that we can provide that holistic solution for for recycling in a European market which I think is is going to be obviously a, a very big opportunity for ionic technologies in the very near term. Right okay and then and how's that kind of remind us about the model there again in terms of hub, hub and spoke or licensing or re- replicating thereof right because it's one thing is you know let's make sure these molecules don't move around too much because it's expensive but you, you've got to get yourself some contracts you need to have this feed this supply how do you deal with that? Yeah, look, I mean, there's a lot of work that's going into that right now. Um, whilst everyone's probably saying, well, where are all the magnets going to come from? Again, one of the advantages of our tech is that we're not dependent on magnets. We take metals, alloys, magnets, yeah. right? So we take other value-added uh, waste products from the supply chain. Mm-hmm. We can bring that in. 
Um, so I think we're, we're, we're looking at the ability to build base load okay. on, on that metal swarf opportunity. And um, as more magnets get made, there is more swarf. Right, so that's an immediate um, compounding increase in potentially recycled feed that, that, that the tech is going to get access to. So, you know, this is about relationships. Um, it's about relationships, but it's also about contracts. And it is ultimately about the feed of whatever you're going to put, put in um, through there because it's got to move from a science project of we can do it, we've shown you we can do it, to now how much of this can we produce and what's the market for that? Where's where's the money coming from? Where's the feed coming from? How do we scale this up? And you know, how do you tell the market with the size of the opportunity in front of you? Because you want a very few at the moment. First mover first mover advantage, fantastic. Yep. But now what? Well, I think this is where the demonstration plant is really critical for our ability to move forward. We've obviously got lots of groups that want to talk. They want to actually understand the tech. They want to see it operating. They want to see it operating 24-7. They want confidence around this. Mm. So do we. We want that data to be able to fold into the feasibility study that we're about to kick off mm. um, on a commercial commercial facility in Belfast. Mm. You know, this is, is potentially a cookie-cutter rollout. Belfast is, is, is one. That's what's getting at. Right? Okay. So Belfast is one. I, I think we do see Europe now being a compelling opportunity. Obviously, with Belfast and the, the Windsor framework, our ability to, to you know, you can dual market access across yes. the UK, Europe, fantastic. But with the, the changes to the European Critical Raw Material Act and increasing the benchmark on recycling from 15%, 25% by 2030 last week. Yeah, that's... It's a bigger opportunity. That's, that's one in four units in the, in, in the magnet supply chain. Got to come from recycling. It, it, it's kind of funny, is because like, politicians make these kind of <laughs> sweeping changes. Like someone's actually got to go and do it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Which is like not a great opportunity for you in terms of that first first mover advantage thing. Um, and and the twenty thirty deadline is is it it's, feels a long way the way a long way away, but at the same time it's just around the corner, isn't it? Uh, mate, terrified. We'll, we'll wake up. It'll be twenty thirty. Yeah. Right? I don't know about you, but I don't know where twenty twenty three went. It's been flat out. Well, you're lucky because there's a lot of poor CEOs coming into this could talk to us and they go, they wish 2023 didn't happen. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, look, it's, I mean, it's been, it's been a challenging, a challenging really year. But, but, you know, for us as a company, we've kicked yeah. a lot of goals this year as well. So, you know, we haven't wasted the opportunity. No, a lot of, lot of moving forward. And well, well done you. Well done you for being able to raise the capital to do that. But also well done you for kind of inserting yourself into this European ecosystem, which is burgeoning with cash and looking for solutions to problems which you know, they are outlining um, every day to us uh, as well. So like, um, so what, what next? Where are you go more meetings? I, I, yeah, yeah, back in there for more meetings at Savo. Then uh, more meetings later this week and then yeah. back to Australia over the weekend. Right. So, uh, Feeling yeah. quietly confident about 24? Oh, I think we're set up quite nicely to, yeah. to capitalise on all the hard work in 2023. And, you know, with those production starting and uh, Makudu demo plant and... 24-7. Q1's exciting, right? Yeah. Q1's exciting for you guys. Okay, well, go, go do it. Thanks, mate. Cheers, fella. We'll Cheers. See you in Belfast. Yeah.